Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I want to jump in today, and uh, we're talking about, again, the Word works. The Word works. Now, we talked about it last week. We talked about the Word works and the simplicity of the Word. If you will work the Word, the Word will work for you. Because the Word works. It's alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Able to divide asunder between soul and spirit. It knows exactly what to do. It knows exactly where to go. It knows what needs to happen. We just got to apply the Word. So many times we want to get off into the place where we're trying to get this revelation and that revelation. We want to try and get so deep and we just need to go back to the basics. We were talking about that this morning at the Bible Academy. And we just got to get back to the basics. The Word works. Say it with me. The Word works. Amen. One more time. The Word works. Glory to God because it does. Why? Because it's God's character and nature. That's why. It's perfect. It's supernatural. That's a supernatural book you're holding in your hand. That's a supernatural book. That's a supernatural book. That's a supernatural book. Glory to God. It carries with it a supernatural power. And when we apply that word in our lives, the word works. Every time. Every time. Every time. Glory to God. Glory to God. I see y'all grabbing a hold of the word already. And as I, as I preach today, I want you to know that the word works. I even said it last week. I said last week, I'm not even going to try and get excited. Now, that didn't work, but um, I, I, was, I was trying not to, right? And I was, because sometimes a preacher can get excited and, and get to jumping around and raising his voice. And all of a sudden, people catch on to that emotion, not the word. But you don't have to. Now, that doesn't mean that I shouldn't get excited. We should be excited about the word. And if you don't amen me loud enough on this side, I'll go over to that side. You know, I'll just stay over there. You know, see, that's what I'm talking about. So, and we need to get excited. It's right for us to get excited about the things of God. He says, look, if you don't do it right, these rocks will get excited. These rocks will cry out. The rocks were doing the right thing because people weren't if that, if that took place. It's right to get in expectation and get excited. But we've got to make, I, I want you to see that even if we didn't get loud and emotional, yeah. the word still works. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And so I, I saw just, and even while we were sitting there, man, the power of God flowed in this place last week. I mean, it flowed in this place. And what we saw was God wants to take us to another level. He wants to take us to another level. Just close your eyes for a second. And I just want you to say, God wants to take me to another level. Say this, God wants to take us to another level. And I'm going to do it. I'm moving up. The word works. And it works in my life. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. One of my favorite scriptures. Matthew 4 and verse 4. And this is, this is red letters, so it's Jesus talking. We know this is the will of God. 
He answered and said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The word is full and abundant life to the person that eats it. The word is full and abundant life to the person that will receive it and eat it. Now, not everybody, the word is out here every Sunday being preached, you know, at least every Sunday. It's really, with the internet, the word's being preached all over. Now, I'm not talking about every person preaching a sermon, because everybody that preaches a sermon doesn't actually preach the word. I don't care who they say they are. Yeah, yeah. I don't care what, you know, denomination or what religion they say they are. They can claim to be Christian all day long. I'm watching Christians right now all throughout the news claiming to be Christians but not living by that word. I'm watching every day people, well, Christians would do this. You don't know your Bible. And they're not preaching the word. So not everything preached is a word. But when that word is preached... It brings with it an abundant life. It says uh, in Romans 15, we'll actually look at this a little bit later, but it says in Romans 15, verse 17 through 19, that when the word is fully preached, it always has signs and wonders accompanying it. That's the word fully preached. That's the fullness of the gospel. There's power that goes along with it. And if you're not seeing the power of God go along with the word, then the word's not being preached properly. It's not being handled correctly. You should see healing. You should see miracles. You should see debt cancellation. You should see people coming free. You should see lives change, a supernatural power. You should see souls coming into the kingdom. And if you're not seeing that, then you have to check. If there's no fruit, you got to check the root. And to check the root, you go back to what's the word being preached. Because Paul says, by the Holy Ghost, that when the word is fully preached, there'll be signs and wonders. There'll be signs and wonders working with the word. Why? Because the word of God has a supernatural and abundance of life. It says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word. That means when God speaks a word to us, when he speaks a word to you, there's life and life to the full, John 10, 10. I've come that you might have life to the full till it overflows, is what it says in the Amplified. In other words, when he speaks a word, it doesn't matter how simple or how little it may seem, there's life to the full till it overflows if God said it. There's a life in it. And see, one of the things that we've done is we, think about this, I remember going down the highway in Greensboro uh, one, one year, years ago now, and I'm driving down the highway, and uh, I looked up and I saw a billboard, and it said, no education equals no future. Now, I don't know about you, but that ticked me off. Now, some people may be saying, well, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that is that's not the Word. That's not the Bible. Actually, that's contrary to the Bible. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't get an education. The Bible teaches us we should get skilled. But I'm not going to have no future just because I don't have an education. 
I'm going to have a future because I'm in God and because I listen to His Word. Because in His Word is fullness of life. It's my future. In His Word is His plans. And His plans are to do great things for us to fare well, to give us a future and a hope and not for calamity. See, the problem with that sign was they were turning the source of things away from God to a university. Well, now we see part of what's going on now. All these universities, you know, you've got, you've got teachers that don't even want to stream live into people's homes because they don't want you to see what they're actually teaching your kids at elementary school. It's happening right now. The other day, listen. The other day, a teacher was caught telling a little elementary school to show him stuff he shouldn't have been showing. Just happened just the other day. Got caught. On the, on the video, on the live stream into his home, telling the, the little boy, hey, uh, show me this. And it's, stuff's going on. Why are they wanting education? See, the devil, here, here's one of the things. If you've ever heard this, there's something called the Seven Mountain Strategy. The Seven Mountain Strategy says this. Uh, it was by Lance Walnow who came up with that. He said this. He, he said, in the world, there's seven different mountains. And these mountains consist of like media, government, uh, religion is one of them, business, uh, education, um, another one is the arts. So there's seven different mountains. Well, we know from the Word, when you go back into the Word, it, it teaches us that the mountains are things that will give glory and resources to God. But what Lance said was this, and it was, I believe it's 100% true. For the most part, the church said, y'all take those other six mountains and we'll just take the church mountain and we'll leave those alone. So they left Hollywood alone. They left schools alone. They left, because we bought the lie that the church is not supposed to run these things. The church is supposed to run these mountains. And when we shirked our duty and we did not do our responsibility, we left those mountains up to the world. We're supposed to be so skilled and so blessed and so much given our stuff to God that we can step into these mountains and we'll carry the favor with us. And then when we get to the top of the mountain, we know who to give glory to. We know who the resources go to. Not to us and not to the world, to God. Because as we honor God, He'll honor us and the blessing will be on everybody. It's God's plan. But see, we stepped out of some of these mountains. It's time for us to step back in. It's time for us to be the light. It's time for the people that know where the glory goes to to give glory where glory is due, to give honor where honor is due, to give resources where resources is due. It's time for us to be the people. Ecclesia, this is the church. You know, he said, he said, who do you say that I am? To Peter, to actually to the disciples. Peter had enough guts to say, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then Je in Matthew 16, then Jesus said to him, he says, flesh and blood hadn't revealed this, but the Holy Ghost. This is given to you by the Spirit. That revelation. He said, and I'll tell you, on this rock, on this revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That word there, ecclesia, was a specific word. It wasn't a Hebrew word. 
it was actually a word in, uh, it was actually, I think, Greek at first, and then the Romans also used it. And here's what that word meant. That word meant exactly what we have today. It meant you would come out from your home, gather together, listen to this, and you would set the rule over an area. It meant the citizens of the kingdom were appointed to come together to lead and set dominion over an area as to what would happen in all of those mountains. So when he said the church, but see what we've done is we backed away from that and said, well, we'll just keep our church here and we're not going to tell anybody about it. We're not going to pray like we're in authority. We're not, that's why we need to pray. That's why, that's why we need to go out and win souls. That's why we need to come in and wait on the Lord so that we can get filled up. So that when we go out, all of a sudden we're overflowing with the glory of God. We walk into the bank and people start falling out because you're a pastor. No, you're a child of God. That's who you are. Not too long ago I was in the bank. I ran into somebody. They knew I was a preacher. And they were asking me about the anointing. I said, I said, yeah, and asking me about the, we were talking about the power of God. I said, let me show you something, because the Lord directed me to. I didn't just make it up. I said, put your hand right here. Put his hand there. I said, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray just in the Holy Ghost, and that anointing, that power of God is tangible, and you're going to feel it. And, and so, now, I don't know about you, but maybe you've done that a lot, and you know it happens, but I, you know. Maybe, maybe you, it happens to you all the time. But I've found that most people don't have that experience. They're not walking in that kind of reality. So for me to make a statement like that, I had to at least think I knew what I was doing. <laughs> I said, put your hand right there. And he put his hand there. I said, now watch. And I just put my hand out. I didn't even touch him. I just put it above his, above his hand. I said, now you tell me when you start to feel the power of God. I said, and I released that power of God, released that anointing into his life. And all of a sudden, I saw him go like this, and I said, what happened? He said, I felt it. I said, I know you would. Why? Because we're, we're carriers of something. We're carriers of something. We're carriers of something. Just because we're a pastor? No. As a son of God, as a daughter of God, you're a carrier of something. The Word works. We've got to recognize who we are. It's time to rise up. It's a good word. It's time to rise up. The Word works. It's time to work the Word. It's time to be who it's called us to be. It's time to walk like it told us to walk. It's time to be carrying the glory so that when our shadow passes over somebody, the glory touches them and heals them. That's not just for the apostles. That's children of God. We're supposed to be filled to overflowing. That's you. That's us. We're supposed to be filled to overflowing. That's you. That's us. We're supposed to be filled to overflowing. That's me. Is it? See, when you get it, it'll start to come out of you. That's me. This week, I want you to see something. Uh... Paul, will you come here, please? Just stand right here. So now, I, you may have heard of something called positive pressure, okay? So let's just say that we filled this room 
with positive pressure, positive air pressure. And what that would mean is there'd be more pressure in this room than there is outside of this room. So if you went to one of the doors where there's a crack between the door, you'd literally feel air blowing through that door. Why? Because there's so much pressure in here that it's, uh, there's you know, a, a physical law that basically says everything tries to equalize. So it tries to equalize the pressure. So if there's more pressure in this room and less pressure in the foyer, then this pressure is going to try and push out there until those pressures equalize. Okay? And so because of that, if you stand right outside the door, if this room has more pressure in it, it will, you'll feel a breeze coming through the door because the pressure is pushing out there to the place where lower pressure is. This is why when you watch science fiction movies and they blow a hole inside the spaceship, people get sucked out because out there there's a vacuum and inside there's positive pressure and then they get sucked out. <laughs> I just thought I'd help some people out who's like, I don't know why they go out there, but they, when they blow a hole in the spaceship, they just go out. Positive pressure. I'm such a nerd at heart. <laughs> such a nerd. Y'all just don't know how nerdy I am. Anywho. I want you to see something. You're designed to be full till the overflow. That's a positive pressure. You're not designed to receive what the world has. You're designed to put positive pressure on the world. And, and there'll be resistance in the world, but what's inside of you is greater than what's in the world. You're not designed to go into your workplace and them influence you. You're designed to go into your workplace and you influence them. I know that you may have people around you that cuss up a storm where you work at, that have a negative attitude on life. Oh, this will never work. Your, your hope... And your positive pressure of the fullness of the life of God, the word working inside of you, is supposed to be bigger than the pressure they have. And you're supposed to bring and push back the kingdom of darkness. And if this person receives it, now they can come in and they can be a part of the positive pressure with you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Enjoyed our dance. Amen. But if they don't, they're receiving the negative pressure and the darkness of the world. And as long as they choose that, they'll continue to get pushed back. But your job is not to allow their cussing to get in you, their thinking to get in you. Your job is not to allow their negative, non-victory, non-triumphant, God of the world to get in you. Your job is to have an influence on them. To have a positive pressure. Yeah. A positive pressure. It's your job. Yeah. You are the light of the world. Amen. What happens to darkness when you turn the light on? It fle it's got to go. Here's, here's the thing though. Many of us, we've not gotten in the working word enough to have a bright light. And so we don't even try to flip on the light because we don't think it'll be enough. That's why no matter how you feel about Saturday and soul winning, you need to be here. Because it doesn't, you just say, God, 
I know my light has not been bright enough up to this point. I know the positive pressure in my life has not. But here's what I do. Uh, Proverbs 16.3, commit your works to the Lord that your thoughts might be established. In other words, Lord, I'm going to do what I know I should do no matter how I feel about it. And I know that you will help me become who you want me to be. I'd give you me. And God says, you is all I needed. You is all I wanted. You just give me you, I'll take care of the rest. I'll multiply little old you by, by eternal me and you'll be all right. I'll fill you with the positive pressure. Anybody know the story of Todd White? Todd White, he just basically, he, he's a guy, I think he was a drug addict or selling drugs, something like that. He was in a bad, he was in a bad spot. And all of a sudden, he goes to the place where he gets born again. He realizes this thing's real. He just started telling people. He wasn't anybody. He just made himself available. He made himself available and God said, Look, there's somebody whose heart is pure towards me. Let me multiply his available self by me. All of a sudden, his ministry explodes. Why? Because he just made himself available. God brought, see, and we don't have to have it all figured out. We just make ourselves available. God will bring the positive pressure. But it's not just for pastors. It's for every child of God. Every believer can carry a light and a positive pressure. And that's what we're called to. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. That's what we're called to. Why? Because the word Works. works. The word works. Jeremiah 23 and 29. Jeremiah 23 and 29. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer which shatters a rock. It's not my word like fire. You know, yesterday we were watching a documentary on Mars, and uh, it was interesting because I told you a nerd. I said that earlier. And uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm telling myself. And, uh, but I didn't start it. And Marky started it. And she, she said, I, I, let's watch this documentary on Mars. I just enjoyed it. What was that? I know. So then they said there's ice on Mars, uh, ice caps they recognize on Mars, but they realize that the ice that's there is not water. It's actually carbon dioxide. So as soon as it melts, like it's a solid, but as soon as it melts, it doesn't turn to water. It turns to gas. So then if you can imagine, you know, ice with gas inside that's expanding and they have these huge explosions. Boom! Like this in the gas, right? So what you see here is, is not my word like a fire? Have you ever, have you ever been by a campfire and all of a sudden the wood pops, boom, and coals go out of that thing? Why? What has happened? Inside of that wood were pockets either of air or water or something. There's a pocket. And all of a sudden, the fire heated up that wood 
And, and inside of that pocket, it began to expand until the, the casing of the wood could not hold it anymore. And all of a sudden you get pow, and, and it hits a coal on the coal, and I get to watch her run. <laughs> and I laugh, and the kids laugh. And then I get smacked, and, and then we go back to watching the fire again until it happens again, and then it's just a cycle. But why does it explode? See, the Word of God, when you actually get into the preaching of the Word, <laughs> glory to God. Man, the Holy Ghost hit me. <laughs> Woo! Oh, that surprised me. <laughs> when you get to the real preaching of God, wow, that was funny. I've never had it happen like that. <laughs> when we get to preaching the Word of God, the fullness of the Word of God. That fire of the Word will start to heat you up. It'll start to heat you up. And all of a sudden, it'll explode on the inside of you. It'll become rhema on the inside of you. Right now, Word. All of a sudden, boom! Yeah, glory to God! And you'll see somebody take off running around the church. What happened? The Word is a fire. The Word is a fire. And it starts to explode something on the inside of you. Starts to pop inside of you. You can't hold the pressure anymore. Glory to God. God's released something. He took what was inside of me that I didn't think was worthy. He started to heat it up. He started to see there's a promise to be released. There's a power of God to be released. And all of a sudden, that word preached. That faith starts to build. All of a sudden, that word explodes on the inside of you. And, and that's when somebody jumps up and shouts. That's when somebody runs around the room like Paul did a few months ago. Chelsea. <laughs> that was awesome. It's heating up inside of you. Some of you right now. It's heating up inside of you. That anointing. It eat, the word is like fire. The word purifies you. It gets all the stuff out that you don't need in there. Amen. The Word's working. Anybody feel it stirring inside of you right now? Yeah. Glory to God. It's working. I feel it working inside of me. I can feel the faith being released. The Word is like a hammer that breaks up the hard rock that's trying to hold back the fruit in your life. The hard ground that's trying to break it up. The word works. The word works. The word works. Say it with me. The word, the word. Works. works. The question is, how do we work the word? And we'll get into some teaching for a few minutes. How do we work the word? Because if the word works, how do we work the word? You know, first of all, what we one of the things is we covered last week is how does faith come? How does faith come? How does the word's power come? How does the word come to us? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And in context, it's not just the word of God, it's the word of God preached. Now, one, you need to sit under preaching. 
Many people have missed this aspect of it. And not only that, they've missed the aspect of the corporate anointing. The church was not defined as the church that sits at home and watches video. The church is defined as the ones that come out from their home. When Jesus used, utilized that word, people that come out from their home to come together in a corporate setting, in a corporate anointing. That, by definition, is the church. By definition, you can't have church sitting in your home watching video by yourself. You must have a coming together. Now, that coming together can be in a room. It can be in a parking lot. It can be in a field or in the woods. But there has to be a physical coming together by definition. And it has to be more than just you. You can have relationship with God, but by definition, the church is a coming together of the people. And when that happens, like in Acts 16, when Paul and Silas came together and they were singing praises in the middle of the dungeon. And all the prisoners, they had to be singing now. All the prisoners could hear them. And all of a sudden, in the middle of that coming together, there were just two of them. But they were having church. They had come together. They were together. They started all of a sudden in the middle of their praising, a corporate anointing came not just on Paul and Silas, but every person that was jailed in that jailhouse. And the chains and the shackles fell off of all of them and the doors opened up. There was a corporate anointing to set them free. That's why it's important to praise God even if you don't feel like it because your neighbor's life may depend on it. I need my neighbor praising. I need, I need my neighbor praising God. God inhabits the praises of his people. I don't need my neighbor sitting there like, oh, yep, I'll be glad when the music's over so we can get to the word. No, that is the word. It's the word being manifested even in worship. I need my neighbor praising. There's a corporate anointing that happens when we come together. It stirs one another up. It stirs us up. There's something that happens. There's an anointing that's poured out on the people when they come together. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word preached. But you also have to understand that I can preach the word to myself. I can confess the word. Remember, he said, meditate on this word day and night. And that word meditate means to mutter. I'm literally speaking the word. I'm not letting one bit of the law pass uh, from my mind, from my heart. It says uh, in Proverbs, look at the word day and night. Set your eyes on the word. Set your ears on the word. In other words, I'm putting in the word in my heart, in my mind, in my eyes, in my ears. I'm meditating on the word day and night. And the word works. It starts to heat me up. It starts to get things moving. It starts to get things popping. It starts to break the ground that was holding us back. It starts to move. The Word works. But i got to position myself in the place where the Word is working. I've got to get around preaching. I've got to, and I don't need just any preacher. I need a preacher who believes what he's preaching. I need a preacher who sees the fruit, who doesn't just talk about it. He sees it. I don't need just feely good message. I don't need mic drop moments. I don't need quotable things. I need the foolishness of preaching to release the power of God when the word is being preached in its fullness. F-U-L-L, fullness. But the Bible says that that doesn't make sense to everybody. To the world, it's foolishness. F-O-O-L. It's foolishness. But he says the foolishness of preaching in context, the full word, the full gospel, 
will bring about a supernatural power and it'll start to pop loose some stuff in your life. It'll, it'll cleanse you. It'll purify you. It will break up the hard ground that's been holding you back. All of a sudden, people's lives will start going to a new level. The Word works. How do we work the Word? First of all, we got to know how it comes. I talked about it last week. The sources of the working Word in our life is one, Logos, uh, the written word, that's the Bible that you're holding in your hands. It's the written word. As we read that word, it starts to come alive to us. The second thing is the word made flesh. Jesus himself, as he walked on the earth, as he walked on the earth, he was that word made flesh. He showed the character and nature of God. In Hebrews uh, chapter uh, 1 and verse 3, it says that Jesus was the perfect example of the Father. Let's read that real quick. Uh, Hebrews 1 and verse 3. Let's go there. I want you to see it. Hebrews 1 and verse 3. And He, Jesus, is the radiance of the Father's glory... And the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. He is the exact representation and the radiance of his glory. Jesus was the word made flesh and by his word he upholds all things. Anybody ever felt like in your life some things have fallen down? And the reason is because we weren't, we weren't living on the word. Because when we live on the Word, His Word upholds it all. It's got the power to hold everything in the air. Nothing will fall. All the plates keep spinning. All the balls are, are all kept in the air. They're all juggled just right. When we do it by His Word, when we do it by our way, things start falling. Things start falling. He's the exact representation of the Father and of His glory. See, Jesus came on the earth and He showed us how to walk. As our perfect example, he said, look at what I'm doing. He said, listen to how I only did what I saw the Father do. How I only said what I heard the Father say. Watch how I prayed over this man. Look at, he said, he said if you will, I'll be made whole. He said, I am willing. Yeah. He said, I'm willing. This was the representation of the heart of the Father. He was telling all the world for all time, if you come to Jesus, I'm willing to heal you. I'm willing. And if we'll give ourselves to that word, when the devil comes and tries to tell us, well, he doesn't want to heal you, we'll be like, get out of here, you liar, you snake. Because you know you've given yourself, and that word now is upholding you against the lies of the enemy. Jesus, by watching his life, his character, his nature, the person of Jesus, he was the word made flesh. And the other way that the word comes or faith comes is by rhema. Rhema is a right now, alive, revelatory word. And he'll speak rhema. A lot of times people think that the only way the word of God will ever come to me is only through that Bible. That's not true, and the Bible tells us that. He says he'll speak. Uh, what does it say in uh, Romans chapter 8? It says that the Holy Ghost will witness to our spirit that we are the children of God. He'll give us the inward witness. That's the Lord speaking to you. He'll give us the inward voice. That's when he'll actually say words in your spirit. 
I just had that this past week. He gave me, I went away uh, for three days just to seek the Lord. And the Lord gave me a specific phrase. I was sitting there praying, just seeking the Lord. The Lord spoke something to me very clearly. This is how I want you to operate for the, for the rest of your time here on earth. Okay. I understood what he meant. I'll talk about that later. Not today, but later. He'll speak in an audible voice. He'll speak in a way where people actually hear him. He still does that stuff today. Many people don't. How do, also does Rhema come? By the preached word. I can be sitting here preaching something. All of a sudden, a scripture comes alive to you. I've never seen it. You get it. You grasp it. You make it yours. All of a sudden, that's the preached word. That's the Rhema of God. And all of a sudden, yeah. faith comes. And when that faith comes, you have the tools to work that word when you apply that faith. It can come by revelation. You can read uh, in your Bible. Just like when I, when I went away for three days this week, uh, I was just sitting there reading. He, he told me where to read it, so I started reading in Proverbs. I've read in Proverbs many times, but stuff started to come out of that. As I read it and I meditated on it, there was some stuff that came alive inside of me. I saw it. It was revelatory word as I meditated on the word of God, on the Logos, on the written word, that it started to come. As I confess things, you know, we have the confessions that we prayed in prayer this morning before service. Great prayer this morning, by the way. I want, Johnny, the Holy Ghost was all over you as you were praying this morning. Great prayer time. And, and, and here's one of the things. As we confess those confessions, what happens is you may confess those things a hundred times, a thousand times, and it doesn't click. But then all of a sudden you, you confess it a thousand and one, and something clicks, and you realize the struggle is over in Jesus' name. All of a sudden you realize, I'm the blessed of the Lord. I walk in the full manifestation of my inheritance in Christ. All of a sudden you get a hold of it. I am out of debt and I carry a debt-canceling anointing and I walk in the abundance of God to do every good work. I'm the healed of the Lord and I carry an anointing for divine healing. Right? You start getting a revelation of it. All of a sudden, the devil can't tell you otherwise. You're starting to work the Word. How do we work the Word? How does faith come? By confession. What are the actions? These are some of the questions of how to work the word. What are some of the actions of faith that make it alive? Because the word says faith without works is dead, right? So how do we bring faith alive and keep it alive? What are some of the things that we do to keep faith alive? To work the word, what are we talking about? How do we work the word? Well, one of the ways that we keep faith alive, we take an action of confession. If you read that I'm the healed of the Lord, that by His stripes we were healed, then you stop saying that I'm sick. You might have been sick two seconds ago, but you're not saying that anymore. You're saying, by His stripes I was healed, and I am healed. I'm healed now. If I was healed, then I am healed now. And so my words line up with his word. It becomes the double-edged sword or the double-mouthed sword that we talked about last week in Revelation. And now that word is cutting the devil's plan coming and going on all sides. The devil's got nothing for it because we're applying, we're working the word, we're confessing that thing. Now you might not feel healed, you might not look healed, but you don't say anything else. 
You confess it. You put, he says, don't let my word depart from your lips. That means that only what he says, what he says and only what he says is coming out of my mouth. He says in Proverbs that if we'll do that, we will eat the fruit of our lips. So how do you work the word? How do you keep faith alive? First thing is you confess what the promises of God. The next thing that, that you see is this. Even, and, and if you don't believe it, some people are like, well, I don't want to be one of those blab it and grab it people or, or you know, um, what's the name it and claim it. Confess it and profess it. Thank you. Anything else? <laughs> there's, there's a whole bunch of things. Well, listen, if you're not one of those name it and claim it people, you're not born again. Because you weren't born again when you confessed Jesus as Lord. Romans 10 says, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord. In other words, you weren't born again. He wasn't your Lord when you confessed it. You're a name it and claim it person or you're not born again. Amen. <laughs> See, the wood just popped. <laughs> the fire of the word. Amen. <laughs> How do you keep faith alive? The person believes that they have received in Mark 11. It doesn't just believe that they're healed. It believes they have. Mark 11 shows it very clearly. I don't just believe that it can happen and that it will happen. I believe that it has happened. I don't believe that it can and it will happen. I believe that it has happened. I receive my healing by his stripes and I have it now that healing power is working within me right at this moment restoration it's working the word is working in me in Jesus name so see we one we confess it two we believe that we have received it this is a huge point most people always put it off into the future well I'm believing for it well you can believe for it for eternity and never get it but if you start believing that I've received it And here's what are we doing. Are we believing that we've received the physical? Well, the arm may still be sitting there broke. And you're saying, I'm the healed of the Lord. Are we talking about the arm? Are we talking about the spiritual man? We're talking about the spiritual man. I'm the healed of the Lord. And because I'm the healed of the Lord in my spirit, this physical has got no choice but to straighten out. And that's how it worked. In other words, that healing's working in me now. I'm the healed of the Lord. And other people aren't going to understand that. They're going to think you're lying. But you're not. You're actually telling the truth. And the truth will set you free. And you'll walk in healing. I'm the healed of the Lord. See, you're changing the spiritual root. And it will change the physical fruit. What are the actions of faith that make it alive? It takes action on the reception. So once they are confessing the word, a person's confessing the word, they're believing that they have received. I don't act like I'm broke anymore. I don't act like I'm sick anymore. I do the things. I I put to work what I believe I have received. And if I don't believe that I've received it, then I won't really put those things to work. A great testimony of this was Brother Hagin. When he was, uh, many of you may, may or may not know his story, but he was deathly sick, deathly sick. And all of a sudden, uh, 
he got healed. Matter of fact, he died a couple of times. Then God brought him back. The first time he went to hell, he came back, he got born again. He died again and went to heaven, but then he came back. The Lord had a plan for him. But he got a hold of this. He had all the preachers and all the people tell him, now just let go. Uh, You'll go into the arms of God. Just let go. And even the preacher telling him that, if you want to call that person a preacher. Just let go. Oh, it makes me mad. That's not the life of God. We're we're supposed to be instilling faith. It makes me really mad. And, and look, I've not always been perfect in my faith either, but I've learned a few things along the way, and I know what not to do now. That's why we need spiritual fathers in our life. We need somebody that will talk to that person and say, that's not it, that's not faith. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Word says, and your job is to employ the Word. Yeah. We need people who are strong enough to tell us that stuff. Amen. And here he says, they were just telling them, let go, go into the arms of God. God wanted them to live. He wanted them to live and not die. He wanted them to be the head, not the tail. All of a sudden, he, said, he saw Mark eleven twenty. He said, I got to believe that I receive it. He said, I believe that I receive my healing now. He said, I felt a warmth come all over my body. He said, the anointing of the Lord came all over me. He said, but I still felt weak at times. Matter of fact, I could barely stand. He said, but I was laying there in the bed. I believed that I'd received my healing. But then God spoke to him and said, a a healed person doesn't lay in the bed all day. He said, in all of my feeling bad, I started to get up out of the bed. I put my feet on the floor. I could barely, barely had enough energy to do that. But I got up and I went and did that. Eventually, he went out to go get a job. And he was working in a field, very hard physical labor. He said, now don't get me wrong. I was the healed of the Lord. He said, but it didn't feel like it. He said, but as I, he said, I started to work my faith. I was, he was working the word. He said, by faith, I was believing God for the energy for each step walking through that field by faith every step and the anointing would come on me just like I felt that anointing over healing and each step he would get stronger and stronger and he'd work throughout the day to the point where he became one of the strongest workers out there the word works but we've got to work the word so he started stepping and believing God and trusting God you know here's one of the things You know, we can get the chain of bondage broke off of our life. But we can still be bound in our habits of thinking. See, he could have sat there and said, well, I still don't feel good enough to go, so I'm just going to sit here. He probably would have died early and never had the ministry. But he, he had to say, no, if God has set me free, then I will put action to my Belief, and I will start to walk like I believe I'm free, like I believe I'm healed. And I'm, what is he doing? He's directly coming against the habits of a bound man and stepping into the freedom of a healed man, stepping into the freedom of the life of God. And he worked the word. He worked the word. The word works. But how do we work it? We confess it. We believe that we have received. And then we take action on that reception. I'm going to look up something real quick. 
didn't have this in my notes. I heard it. Find, um, I thought I had it in my notes. I don't, I basically know what it says, but I want you to find this. Oral Roberts would say something once you've heard the word of God, confer not with flesh and blood. That, there'll be like three or four steps. I want to read those. He says, one, Oral Roberts had a saying, as soon as he said, once you hear the word of God, or you see the promise of God in your Bible, he would say this. He, he would say, you make sure that you believe on that. You hear that word. Get the word from God. Confer not anymore with flesh and blood. And then he says, accomplish that word at all cost. I believe those are the three. He would say, get the word of God. Confer not with flesh and blood anymore. And then accomplish that word at all cost. Accomplish it at all costs. In other words, you make the word of God your, your only standard. The only thing that you'll live by. The only thing that you'll go after. You make the word of God the standard that it is. You make it the banner of your life. You make it the thing that I will not let go of. You say, Lord, what's your word? Because why? In that word is every bit of life that you need. It will bring life. It will bring fullness of life. And, and here's what he said. Find out the will of God. Confer no longer with flesh and blood and get your job done at all cost. Find out the will of God. What is that? The Word of God. Stop listening to flesh and blood. In other words, don't consult the physical realm anymore. Supernatural God has already spoken. Stop taking your input from how you feel from what somebody says, confer no longer with flesh and blood. 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 What's your will, Lord? What's your word? Your word works. It's supernatural. It brings life. It's a fire that will get me popping. It's a hammer that will break up the, the ground. What's your will? What's your word, Lord? And then stop talking to anybody of the flesh about it. And you can talk to other people that will stand in faith with you. Well, we're believing God for this. We're believing God to be billionaires in our life. Talk to some people that will believe with you and don't talk to anybody that won't believe with you. God's given us a word to become billionaires because we've got to have an abundance for every good work in this kingdom. We're going to be financers uh, to this kingdom of God while we're here on this earth. Then you find people that will believe God with you. That billion's not too big for them. That trillion is not too big for them. 
You start getting it inside of you. Somebody who thinks on God's level. Don't confer with somebody who doesn't think on God's level. Who doesn't think on an eternal level. Who doesn't think on an all-powerful God's level. Confer with people that think on the levels of God. And this is how you work the Word. And then you get that thing accomplished at all costs. Get it accomplished at all costs. There's not enough conviction in the people in 2020. There's not enough conviction that holds them in that place. There's not enough conviction that will drive them. It's time for us to be a convicted people where the rocks never have to cry out around us. There's time for us to be the kind of people that let the Word fire us up. Get some things popping. If you hadn't had some things popping in your life, you're hanging around the wrong people. you got to get around some people that stir you. Get around some people that will drive you. Get around some people that will hold you to a new level. Not people that will sit there and say, Oh, I know you, you, had, a, you, you had a bad week. You know, it'll be okay, and, and don't, you don't have to change anything. No, you don't want to be around people like that. Right. You want to be around people like Jesus. Yeah. Remember the Word. He was the Word made flesh. He was the one who, who had His character and nature as an exact representation of God Himself, yeah. who is perfect love, yeah. who will cast out all fear of everything. And He told the disciples who thought they were going to die on that boat, Oh, you of little faith. You want somebody who will draw you up. Think higher. Think bigger. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Why? Because the Word works. Yeah. All right, we might have missed it. We might have tried to pray and we missed it. We might have conferred with flesh and blood and we missed it. But I'm looking for some people. I'm not, listen, the Lord told me several years ago, you are not called to, to have a weak church. You're called to have a people that are believing God for the supernatural, who's going to see the miraculous, who's going to walk in the overflow of abundance in their lives in every area. And that's going to take some people of conviction, some people that will hear the Word of God and say, if God said it, it will happen to me. Going to have people that will walk in the fullness, who will get to heaven. And God will say, well done. You didn't bury what I gave to you. And the problem is, preachers have wanted to fill seats. So they've trained the whole generation to only stay where they feel comfortable. The Word is a fire. The Word is a fire. And you're not going to feel comfortable around it always. But it will get some things popping. And if you'll give yourself to it, you can step into the fire with Jesus. And it won't harm you. And you can become a fire. And you can start to light some people yourselves. That's what you're called to do. Be the light, not hide it. A whole generation of preachers have comforted people's butts and ears in the seat. And now all the people want to do is be comfortable. That time is over. Yes. This year has broken it. Yeah. 
and you're sitting in a church that doesn't preach for comfort's sake. Amen. You're sitting in a church that's going to drag you if we have to up to new levels. I'm going to hold on to you and not let you go when your flesh wants to cry and pout and shout. And mine wanted to too. And I drug myself, pulled myself up by the bootstraps. And praise God, the Lord helped me. I mean, it was Him. I couldn't have done it by myself. But you think I'm going to let go of you? You're, you know, I'm in charge of my own life, but I'm, I have a charge over you as well. If this is your church and you say God has planted me here, then I have a charge. And I'm not going to let you just sit idly by and not produce fruit. Because He says He prunes those that don't have any fruit. And you're not going to have fruit if you won't sit next to the fire. If you won't let the fire of God work inside of you and start popping some things off and getting some of the flesh out you're going to have to get close to the fire and your flesh ain't going to like it but your spirit will love it and it's the only thing that will make you feel like you're being who you were created to be in the image and likeness of God the word works and the word is longing to pop your life The Word is longing to blow some things out of you that didn't need to be there. The Word, and it's a violent thing. People think that this thing, you know, it's not going to leave you marked. It will mark you. It's a violent thing. Well, I just thought that the Lord would just be, you know, gentle on me all the time. Ask Jacob. Who walked with a limp the rest of his life. Why? Because he wanted a blessing. It marked him. He never walked the same again. But he carried a blessing that is still being released in this world today. Are you going to be the kind of person that walks like that? Listen, the fire of God will mark you. You'll never be the same. People will talk about you. They're already talking about you. You might as well have the good that goes along with it. They're already talking about you. You're already weird to them. Because you go to that weird church with the weird Australian name. (laughs) That stayed open during coronavirus while everybody else shut down. Why? Because we have a living God. We have a mighty God. We have a majestic God. A powerful God. A miraculous God. And we believe in Him. It's not just talk. It's time to let the fire work on you. Start to pop some things in your life. Start to hammer the ground that's held you back. Where your roots couldn't grow. Let the Word of God start. The Word works, but it's time to apply the Word. Apply the Word. That means we start to stand up for the things of God. We start to stand up for faith. We start to stand up for the things we believe in. We start to stand up for the things of God. And we don't let go. We're not making excuses. We hear the will of God. The Word of God. And no longer do we confer with flesh and blood. And we get that thing accomplished. At all cost. At all cost. Because if it's the will of God and if it's the Word of God, you got to make sure you've heard. It's very important to be plugged in 
to a good pastor that knows what they're talking about, who's dealt with these things. But once you've heard the will of God, it's worth it. Once you've heard the word of God, it's worth it. Oh, it's worth it. And, and I would say that God's going to bless you here on this earth. I know that because His Word says it, and His Word is true. And the Word works. But here's the thing. You, won't, you probably won't feel how worth it it is while you're here on the earth. It'll be worth it to you, but you probably won't feel it on the same level. But when you step into eternity, and He says, Oh, the glory that awaits you. Because of this light tribulation, this little bit of tribulation. Oh, the glory that awaits you. It, it's an overwhelming glory and the presence of God and the awards of heaven. When you step in front of your Lord and Savior and He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Let me tell you, that moment right there alone is going to be worth it for everything, for every ounce of, well, I went to church when I could have watched the ball game. Well, I went in one soul when I could have just been sitting on my couch. I went to a prayer meeting when I could. It's worth it. You have the opportunity to take that much time and invest it into the whole of eternity. And it's going to be worth it when you step in front of your King, your Savior. And many people are going to step in front of Him thinking, oh, they went to church all their life. Oh, well done. And they're going to find out, I never knew you. Where's your fruit? You called me Lord, but you didn't do what I said. You didn't produce any souls. You didn't walk in any power. You didn't make any disciples. You didn't get any supernatural revelation out of the Word. And you didn't have the fruit of the Spirit. There's no fruit on you. You're not mine. Or maybe there's just a little bit of fruit and they go up and they say, yeah, you, and they recognize in the fullness of the truth of God and they say, you got 10% of what you could have had. And in front of Jesus, we're going to want to say, I got 100% of it all. That's going to take some conviction in this time of just how good God's word is and how to apply it. We can't sit still and sit back. We've got to say, Lord, I'm going after you with everything I have. I'm going after you with everything I have. Lord, I'm going after you with everything that I have. Just close your eyes. Lord, I'm going after you. The word works. The word works. And Lord, I'm going to work the word. Just say it with me. The Word works. And I'm going to work the Word. Lord, put your fire inside of us. Let the Word start to burn out stuff. Let it, let it start to pop out the things that need to be popped out. Every single one of us, under the sound of my voice, have thinking that needs to be popped out of our lives. It's been holding us back. Every single one of us needs the foundation of the hard ground to be broken up by the Word. But we've got to give ourselves to the Word to allow it to break the foundations, to set the roots of your life free, to break it up into fertile soil. Hofre anda on the ish davaha, klene mosta veestu. 
Banda of la co and name Otaya, face to offering Amoso, Panko Feclota Amosibi, Boncofre, Clatini Istitich of Randa de Bosso, Hani Edebestur, Randa Caramasa di Diosto, Sonda Caleoto, Bancaramoso, Bodomocaraboso, Dana Mose, Edi Edico Ofrene Ata, Ata Ada Oceve Aconomeste. Thank you, Father. Hofle clini et judufra, frandamasa, bando kolomosi. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, your word is a fire. And it's like a hammer that breaks the hardest rock. Father, let it light our lives and hammer out the hard pieces that have held us back. Let it go to work. Your word works. And Father, we will work the word. Let us go after you with everything that we have. Let us stand in front of you and receive those words, those beautiful words, those heavenly words, those glorious words that in a moment everything changes when Jesus speaks to us personally and says, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Father, let us be who you've called us to be. Let us not be held back. Each one of us in here has a destiny that you have written. Father, let us fulfill all of it and not miss any part of it. But let us get in front of you and and receive well done because we walked out the fullness of your plan. We didn't just get half of it. We didn't get a tenth of it. We got it all. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. I'll tell you, the the message last week, if you haven't heard it, you got to hear it. And the message this week, what I recognized on it last week while I was preaching, that that God sees this body at one level. And it's a good level compared to you know, others around us, I would say. But we're not judged on the curve of where everybody else is. We're judged at the level of Christ. And God said, Jesus said, you'll do these works and greater. And we, we haven't fully been doing those works yet. So we're called the greater. God wants to raise the, what I saw last week so clearly is, God is speaking to Boomerang and this body saying, I want to rise you up. I want to raise you up to a new level. But in order to raise you up to a new level, you're going to have to let the word break up the ground where the chains are holding you down. You're going to have to let the word break up the ground where the chains have been holding you down. 
That means there's thinking. We're going to have to let the word burn out. That means there's actions. We're going to have to let the word burn out. And if we'll do that as a body, God will take his hand up underneath us and lift us up to levels that we can only dream of. God's got great and mighty things planned to give us a future and a hope, a joy, a confidence, an expectation, and to raise us up, not just as a body alone, but when he raises up a body, it raises up our personal lives and our families around us as well. He'll raise up a whole home. He'll raise up a business. He'll raise up, he'll raise up a workplace. He'll, he'll raise up. So as we give ourselves to rise, to rise up, as we give ourselves to the things of God for Him to draw us higher, it literally rains on the just and the unjust. It literally, a rising tide raises all boats. It pulls everybody around us up. It blesses your life. It blesses your finances. It blesses your health. So let's make that decision together as a whole. Lord, we're going to rise up. Even if you're not a part of Boomerang, but you're just here today. Even if, even if you're just listening online, you're saying, I'm not a part of Boomerang. But Lord, I'm going to make the decision to rise up too. Let's do it together in unity. And the, Psalms 133 says, if you'll get unified on the Word of God, if you'll get in unity over His things, He said, I'll command the blessing. And we won't be able to stop it because God commanded it. So I just ask you right now, stand on your feet where you're at. If you're at home watching on TV, stand up. Raise your hands to the Lord. And I just want us all to come down here and gather around as one body and just say, Lord, we're giving ourselves to your word. We're giving ourselves to you. Lord, we're in unity. We're going to walk in your power. We're going to walk in the fullness. We're not going to be held back. We're going to be who you called us to be. We're going to be everything that you called us to be, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father, for pouring out your Spirit on us. Lord, the Word works. Lord, let it work right now in people's lives. In Jesus' name. Lord, start working out, bringing solutions in every place in Jesus' name. Bring solutions, bring wisdom, bring wholeness, bring healing, Lord. Bring protection, restoration, deliverance in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Now, right now, I just want you to receive personally. Just right now, right where you're at, Lord, I receive your unity. I receive your word. Let it fire me up. Hallelujah. Soho